Today's episode is brought to you by the Vegas Beer Guys. Everything sequel contains explicit language. And why the fudge not, you melon farmer? Hello and welcome to the Everything Sequel Podcast. This is the RoboCop Edition. My name is Michael Schantz of the How Dare You Awards. Joining me, the man with the gun coming out of his hip, Tom Stewart of Lonesome Whistle Productions. Say hello, Tom. Go fuck a refrigerator, peckerhead. <laughs> I want. I wanted to introduce the series this way because through its idea it's, of comedy. Well, it's the strange mix of obscenity and wholesomeness <laughs> that really characterizes the these couple of films. Yeah. Uh, they uh, they 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 don't fit well together. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> they don't. They don't seem the trill and the trilogy as a whole contains three entirely different disparate yeah. films yes absolutely so uh and, and yet they all term... seem to almost reset to the beginning with the idea of omnicorp well and their I... nefarious dealings <laughs> but are they nefarious dealings the movie the, the movie <laughs> is loath to pin down right the morality of this organization. <laughs> I'm not exactly sure where we're supposed to land on the villainy of this organization. At different times, they're the heroes. At different times, they're the villains. And at other times, they're just bystanders watching crazy shit happen to the stuff that they make. Yeah, I mean, I'm. I'll I'll save it for the episode proper. But I have a I have lots of thoughts about one of these sequels in terms of that. But also, like, I, I can't, I, I, obviously we don't do the, you know, we, we cut the head off the snake, so I, I can't remember right. what actually happens in Robocop, but I think I'm right in saying that in every one of the Robocop films, it's never the hierarchy of OCP that's to blame. It's always some wild card within the organization. Yeah, and <laughs> there's, some, there's always a scapegoat. Well, that, uh, that, that prevents you from fully condemning Omnicorp as right. the villains of the piece. When you know you look at it now, and they they everything they do is a villain trope, and yet the movie just has, right. doesn't seem to have acknowledged that they're just villains. Not, and you know, look, we have Dan O'Hurley, who I'm just gonna I'm gonna call his character Connell Cochran throughout this entire series. Well, he has a uh, a Bond villain like exit in one of these films, which is uh, yeah, <laughs> which which kind of testifies to your theory. Well, and the that, funny uh, thing that, is, is the one thing the I, reason I I like Halloween three so much is because Connell Cochran is a Bond villain. Yeah, and the, and the thing that's funny to me is the the one thing I do remember from the that first movie very much is the very last words spoken. He, you know. RoboCop, I think, saves his life. He and does. he shoots yeah. Ronnie Cox, and Cox falls out the window. And, and Ronnie Cox is the wild card within the organization. Right, of course. And then, of course, it's Connell Cochran that says, uh, 
you know, good job. What's your name, son? Murphy. Yeah. <laughs> Robocop. And so and then he has a then he has a Mr. Burns style amnesia between the first Yeah, exactly, cuz he's got he's like he, he <laughs> ends that movie with the the sound man with the, that's that's for goodness within a, an evil corporation. He's like everything's on track now. But by the next movie, you know, that that movie seems to sway back and forth between those two positions in a way it that It really does. It really kind of cracks is, me up. This is completely uh you know, this is this is completely off point. But did you ever ha- did you have a point while you're watching these two films where for a second your eyes unfocused and it looked like Dan O'Hurley was walking around with um, Jordan Peele <laughs> instead of the guy who plays Johnson, the guy who plays Johnson, who's like the biggest through line for the three movies. He really is, yeah. He's the only he's the only member of that uh, organization that makes it through to the end. By and the I, end, he's he's the lapdog of Artie from Larry Sanders' show. Well, I got <laughs> okay. At least we're on the same page there. Let's yeah. save it because yeah, let's say yeah. We we we've got a lot, we've got a lot of talk talk about that. Oh um, man. The the number the I do well, think it's no, let's talk we'll talk about it there. But all right, yeah. So we we need to talk about some of the actors involved in RoboCop three. Yes, many of them. <laughs> I am, <laughs> but you 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 have hit the nail on the head because as as I was watching that movie, I said, "Oh, so he's just playing Artie." Well, and and it would just have in been... this new job. But he was also he would have been concurrently playing Artie at the time. Yeah, exactly. That's what I mean. Yeah. So, so to the, me, you know, the, the second he's even... on screen, I thought to myself, "Oh, so he just couldn't let go of Artie when he came to do this movie." <laughs> That's what happened. You know what the worst? You speaking of um, you know arcs and through lines. Mm-hmm. I Mandela affected a through line where. At some point in RoboCop three, Johnson talked about Dan O'Hurley, and I kept waiting for it to come, and it never came. Well, I've got a good, I've got a good watching these movies story for you that would be embedded within Mike's memories that we've oh, talked about before. Yeah, let's let's you know, get the jingle that, for Mike's memories from that era. We don't have a jingle because it's just the sound of Mike's brain. Uh, yeah, <laughs> working really hard, similar similar to the sound of the fan working on my laptop. Yeah, the mouse on the wheel in my head is tired. <laughs> um, but I so much data, so much data. <laughs> I was watching RoboCop two, and I realized that. of this movie, I have absolutely no memory of. Mm. (laughs) Doesn't surprise me. And so I thought, because I had such a clear memory of what I thought was going to be in this movie, even though I knew it was at the end, Mm. I was shocked with how much I did not remember. And then I started (laughs) thinking to myself that I absolutely must have Mandela affected the ending that I thought was coming, and that's probably the part of the ending of the first RoboCop. Ah, and then all of a sudden, 
well, the end the of RoboCop 2 came, and I realized I could have told you verbatim everything that was going to happen. Kane, yeah. you want to step outside? Getting shot and, like, destroying stairs. And then one of my favorite all-time <laughs> lines in movies ever, which is, behave yourselves! Yeah, yeah. As Connell Cochran is yelling at two robots. <laughs> A guy Straight has into bad the, luck like, with robots, the fight outside, he? and you know, I, I haven't I, even, I, I haven't, I, I haven't even clocked that Connell Cochran is is uh, once again a master of robots. Yes, <laughs> at least this film is upfront about that That's being true. his. Yes, it's that, not. <laughs> that, that being what he's doing. <laughs> it wasn't a a late game time decision like it was for Halloween three. Although but... I would have said maybe Atomo was a. Uh, a a late a late in the day decision. Yeah, maybe. I'm not sure yeah. that guy was written as a robot. <laughs> <laughs> I think that guy became a robot during filming. <laughs> well, at any rate, it I I I was laughing to myself because I realized for the end of RoboCop 2, I had Highlander 2: The Quickening type recall type for the recall. end of that movie. <laughs> Yeah, no, I... And it made me kind of wish that we were doing that movie as a watch-along so that, you you know, you could have said, what do you remember from this movie? And I would have told you verbatim what happens just at the end. Well, we can't can't do it as as a watch-along because it's incredibly official. Right, exactly. (laughs) And yet it bears all the hallmarks of of an unofficial sequel to Robocop. (laughs) <laughs> That's one of my other big notes was I've never seen a theatrically released film that looked so much like a direct to video film. Yeah. You know? Well, in, in I yeah, in nature, but not in not in t- I mean the production va- well we'll talk about it but there's no Well, when you compare it to 3 at all. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody compares anything to 3 except the <laughs> except the nightmare. Vote. Except the subsequent RoboCop TV series, which yeah. uh, I'm told somehow is even worse. Um, yeah, it's it was fascinating that you have that story because I have a not well I <laughs> I have a similarly confused RoboCop screening narrative. Okay, um, which is that uh, I re- I re- back when I had DVR, I recorded. Uh, back in the days, the heady days of DVR. <laughs> like that makes TiVo it sound, days? That makes... I don't, for those listening in the future... For those listening in the future, we still have access as a culture to DVR. I just took it off my Cox plan. <laughs> that's just all I'm saying. That's, that's literally crazy. all I'm saying. Historians I couldn't imagine my life without the this. DVR. It was so expensive. It was so expensive. Oh, wow. I couldn't justify it along with all the streaming services I want so I can watch movies for this podcast. Um, <laughs> I know. Um, but I DVR'd all three movies, and I guess they were being shown what like back to back on some movie channel, and uh, so you know I uh, saw yeah, there's RoboCop, so I started I I put in RoboCop, I started to watch it. I was like, I don't remember any of this at all. <laughs> um. That I don't remember it beginning this way, and then the the um, I'd buy that for a dollar. Guy comes on, it goes. Well, I do remember that from RoboCop, mm-hmm. so I guess this is RoboCop. 
Uh, and then about five minutes later, I realized I was watching Robocop 3. Yeah, I was going <laughs> to... I was I was just about to say you must have been watching that because I don't recall uh, you can buy that for a dollar in RoboCop two, but then it comes no, it's back definitely in not. Free. Ro- well, I I was watching it as if it was uh, RoboCop. Yeah. Um, which was interesting for a couple of reasons. This was before we started the podcast, but it's interesting that the film in in looping back to the original. <laughs> Yeah, almost tricked me into believing I was watching the original. <laughs> and really, I, I was trying to find. I was trying to recall the moment at which I realized I was watching RoboCop. Yeah, 3. how deep and it may well that? have been when a giant three hits the screen, <laughs> and I was like, I was like, well, it must have been by now. <laughs> it's a good thing you didn't get up to like get a drink of water or something when the three hit. But I knew something was off because, and and this is, you know, this is an overall note for these sequels. Tonally, it's nothing like the original Robocop, nor... Right. Nor Robocop 2. Mm-hmm. They, they, these, I mean, I, I'll, I'll, I won't comment on the, I won't comment on the original, but at least 2 and 3, they're dealing with pretty much exactly the same material... Same stories, yeah. same themes, mostly the same characters and a lot of the same actors. And yet tonally, stylistically, politically, completely divergent. Yeah. The only thing that is common to them both is that they're both equally broad about how they go about... Yeah. That's <laughs> like... actually... The, the equally equally broad is about is about as much commonality as I can find between them. It's like that's one of my car- notes. They're both cartoons, but you know, one is Fritz the Cat, the other one is Teletubbies. It's that kind of. <laughs> it's just about who the cartoon is for. Yeah, <laughs> that changes. <laughs> Which is, oh, I mean, I don't good. think we've encountered a series like that before. Uh, I mean, we, we've noticed that movies... No, yeah, I think you're right. Series go on, they get more family-friendly. But this is a... I mean, this this, this series Hard to do becomes... with RoboCop. Well, I know. I mean, it's just the material is not fit for a family-friendly reboot, and yet yeah. that's exactly what they do. But they do that, uh, you know, they do that 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 imbass thing, that sequelitis thing of, uh, you know, now we'll bring a kid in. It's By unbelievable, isn't three. it? It's, and yeah. it's right from the first second of and the film. And it's just from minute one, right. <laughs> and it's so um, So there's lots of sequel attempts doing. in these yeah. movies, you know, where they're trying to do what they think sequel... I don't know. You know, that's an interesting question. Do sequels think they have to do these things? Yeah, no, it's a really good question. A child in at a certain place. Or do you have to go to outer space? <laughs> or do you, you know, is it, yeah. is, it, is it a must as you go along? It's, why why mean, do those things repeat? It's, I, I had a lot of questions about that, and I haven't looked too deeply into it. But, right. you know, if, if, you, if you were trying to infer what was happening off screen, you'd think that RoboCop became so popular with children that they had no choice but to make a kid's movie <laughs> out right. of the third film. 
That's what it looks like to me. I don't know if that's what happened in yeah. in culture. But because that's it, really what it feels like. That, mov- that movie makes There's, it I mean, seem... Robocop first appears in toy form yeah, in right. Robocop 3. We exactly. don't see him as anything but a toy for about 20 minutes. And not just Robocop, though. You know, the, uh, the, uh, yes. the other kind of robo-bots that are... Yes. You know, the one that yeah. he destroys at the end of the first movie. <laughs> yeah. The, the kind of big villain. So I, I I don't, but it's I mean it's so you, as you say it's so blatant that that they're doing this and I mean you know the the rating goes from R to PG thirteen mm-hmm. and I do remember that I mean we have a different rating system in the UK but I do remember like seeing going to the video store and you'd see like RoboCop RoboCop eighteen which is our like you know uh, uh, what our sort of highest rating. Mm-hmm. RoboCop 2 18 and then RoboCop 3 15 and it just being a you know as a 14 year old kid being like well that's obviously not going to be as good <laughs> right yeah, exactly so much so that <laughs> that's I never... telling that's telling my 14 year old brain it's yeah. not as good going to be as good a film <laughs> yeah, right I had I had never seen RoboCop 3 until a couple Whoa. days ago and that's saying something for me right how did you avoid it all these years? I just remember, I, I thought the same thing that you thought when it came out, which was, well, that's stupid. That's not going to be good. So, you know, it's with sequels in my younger life, I I could stick sometimes around. You, sometimes the first instincts are the right ones. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like you. I would stick around uh, as long as humanly possible. I think we both yeah. know. Oh, but once you do, lost yeah. me, you lost me, and I'm gonna—I'm not going back to that well after a certain point. Yeah. If you keep making shitty movies, and because you were I just still, remember... you were still fighting. You know, you were going into Halloween Kills, going, "There's no way they're gonna put Jamie Lee Curtis back in a hospital bed." <laughs> I remember you were like, yeah. they, "They won't. They won't. It's just the trailer. They just made it look that way." How could they possibly? <laughs> so yeah, you're you're. I I, I it's I'm an optimist. <laughs> But this is your line in the sand. Yes. And <laughs> I mean, it's, you know, it's one of those movies that I think is kind of famously maligned, though. Yeah. The third one. Well, it's the project, isn't it? Like, I, I, that's quite interesting that both of us were put off by not necessarily the film. And also itself, Peter which... Weller's not back. So, you know, you Peter, know, yeah. to me, that was that was also a red line. If you can't get your cast back. Yeah. But meanwhile, I think I read that he was just do like he was doing naked lunch, and he he had met is it Cronenberg? He had met Cronenberg. Yeah, Cronenberg I think. Is, is naked lunch. Yeah. Yeah, and they got they got on very well, maybe on another movie or something like that, and they wanted to do something together, and it ended up being naked lunch. He's like, I'm good. You guys go do your well, Robocop. It's it's interesting. It's similar to the story about. You know, when Sean Connery was asked to be Cyborg in Star Trek V. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he said, oh, I'm working on this. Sorry, I have this other project. It's always good to have an excuse like that in your back pocket, I think, yeah. when you're asked to do these things that, that are going to end up as famously terrible films. Yeah. <laughs> Except I just heard a, I just <laughs> heard a really good story akin to that on uh, another podcast. Uh, that you can listen to in addition to this podcast, everyone. But Edward Norton was on Smartless. And 
he said he was in the middle of rehearsal for some movie and he was, I guess, I think just frustrated with rehearsals. And so they said, yeah. hey, we want one more rehearsal. Could you come tomorrow? And he said, no. <laughs> and they said, why not? And he goes, I'm going to uh, England to go see a, a friend in a play, which he was not doing. But he immediately yeah. called Woody Harrelson, who was doing a play. And he said, I'm coming yeah. to see you tomorrow. And went on Expedia and bought a plane ticket. <laughs> Wow, he really Larry funny. David did that uh, that yeah. excuse, didn't he? Yeah. Wow. <laughs> and well, that's not the last time we'll mention Larry David, because <laughs> RoboCop Three is uh, full of actors from Larry David sitcoms. Yep. Um. Bum, 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 yeah. Bum. No, it's. I know it's it's it's. Uh, that's really fascinating because I think we're both averse to the project of the film, which is to. I guess dumb that well not eh, dumb down, kidify the RoboCop franchise, and uh, for some well, reason and especially... people find that really off-putting. Yeah, and it's funny that you say that because, I mean, it shows such an incredible arc for the series. Because one of the yeah. things when RoboCop the first movie came out, there was a lot of pushback on that movie from mainstream media and yeah. Washington saying. This movie's so violent that people shouldn't be watching it. And mm-hmm. it was this sort of thing of an overly graphic violence. I don't know, you know, it was Yeah, it, it's extreme it was, cinema. It was you know. part of the batter that they wanted to bake for that cake for that movie. You know, it was yeah. built in Paul, uh, Paul, as part Paul of the Verho- idea. You know, Paul Paul Verhoeven is a, you know, he he he's a exploitation heavy filmmaker right beautifully so i mean he's turned it into an total recall into an art form yeah. yeah absolutely and he apply you know and he's basically with robocop he's he's applying that to 80s mainstream action cinema mm-hmm. um and came out you know came out with something truly wonderful because it's, it's um, then, it it feels like elevated then, violence, doesn't it? It's it's, it's elevated, you know, it's because elevated. it's <laughs> right. It's elevated uh, violence, absolutely. That's that's what it got. And then it's interesting to see how you know. But to, so to see these... that arc for the when well, you get to the, that I third mean, movie, one of these films, you know, really runs with the exploitation side of that, and then the other one denies it ever happened. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and and kind of tries to make out that RoboCop is perfectly acceptable fare for children. Yes, um, right. So they're both lying about what RoboCop is. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the, one took the art out of it, and then the other one uh, took the you know took the violence out of it. Took the yeah. took the exploitation out of it. Uh, Interesting. So they've kind of they've, they've kind of. Uh, they've carved this franchise up from different ends of the beast. Right. Yes. <laughs> but you know, it's 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 also I I this I didn't think we'd be doing another Irvin Kershner movie this quickly. Yeah. <laughs> but I... you know, and and it's easy to forget RoboCop Two is an Irvin. Aside from the fact it's a sequel, that it's an Irvin Kershner <laughs> film. Because uh, we, as we stated ex- before, if you're expecting the Empire Strikes Back, you're you're really right. not gonna get what you want. <laughs> you're getting you're getting something closer to Never Say Never Again. 
it's definitely the pendulum has swung closer to uh, yeah. to never say never again at that point. Yeah, but isn't that interesting? Two sequels. Fascinating. You have The Empire Strikes Back and RoboCop Two, and they're parts of a trilogy. Both middle parts of a you trilogy, know? and that is where their resemblance ends. <laughs> Right. Yes. Because you well, have actually, one you know, unbridled the, there, success. Some of the finer points of RoboCop Two, you can see, you, you can sort of, you can put that in the project of Empire Strikes Back with regards to darkening the franchise a little bit, but not much. That's about as far as I'll go. Mm-hmm. Um. But it's, it, I mean, it. it <laughs> I Every I once mean, in a while, I think in RoboCop 2, you see ideas, <laughs> but they never, they pose questions that they never answer. They. And that's interesting because you could say the same about RoboCop 3. It's not devoid of ideas. Yeah, okay. Yeah, that's true. Um, both movies have really, both sequels have really clear perspectives. Almost to their detriment. <laughs> um, but the perspectives are totally different. You know, you literally... It's like flipping a pancake. You literally... One movie mm-hmm. tells you one thing about policing and society, and the other tells yeah, you right. exactly the opposite. Mm-hmm. So, I'd neither... Well, they both have very clear perspectives, and maybe this is just because they're so broad, like they push every piece of representation to the nth degree yeah right yeah um but they don't have neither of them have a coherent vision (laughs) (laughs) so i want to i want to i want to separate that out they have clear perspectives but no coherent vision that's funny (laughs) how do those two things exist together i don't know but these two films managed it yeah that's really incredible (laughs) i'll keep going i'll keep going back to it they're just two different kinds of cartoon yeah. Um, well, in fact, literally, there is a cartoon in RoboCop 3, which uh, we'll we'll return to because... We'll the, get uh, to it. It's interesting. Since the people who made it, uh, you will you will know the people who made it. <laughs> All right. So... Yeah. I mean, we have a task at hand. I wonder if yeah. people know where we're leaning. We got. We uh, got they a, might not know where I'm leaning. Okay, we got to rank these movies, and we have to declare for these movies. Yes. What do you want to do first? Uh. Well, do we need to rank them? Or, or maybe we do. I don't know. The way you're talking about it is, is that that they're they're both equal equal failures. I mean, what do you think? Well, but I think one is significantly better than the other. I agree. So let's 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 talk about that. All right. For me, yeah, RoboCop first, yeah. Two is a significantly better movie. Yes, I agree. I agree. Okay. <laughs> yeah, Robo RoboCop. I'm glad. Yes, Ro- I mean, when this sort of thing comes up, I, I you know, there's the moment of relief where I think, okay, Tom's a sane person. <laughs> And then there's that disappointment where I thought, you know, it'd be really nice if we could fight about this. It would be, yeah. It, it's 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 just it's hard to defend RoboCop three on a screenwriting level, on many levels. On many levels, but particularly on a screenwriting levels. Uh-huh. When 
when the screenwriting rules they're employing are the same ones that are contained in Homer Simpson's notes for how they should write Poochie in the Itchy and Scratchy show, <laughs> that's when you have to walk away from the argument. Yep. <laughs> I mean, it's, yeah, and in a sense, I suppose it's a wor- one of the ways in which it's a worse movie is that it tries to homogenize the Robocop brand. Mm-hmm. Whereas, with you know, contrast that to RoboCop Two, which is unmistakable um, in its ideas. That you know, it wants it wants to make RoboCop more specific. Specific. It wants to to make it like truly its own thing in a way no one could have imagined. Right. Whereas RoboCop Three is really about kind of taking taking the teeth out of. Um, out of the RoboCop franchise, completely. That automatically yeah. makes it a worse movie, but it's also it's appallingly made. It, that's the other thing. Yeah, is from and RoboCop two from writing RoboCop to 2 directing problems, but I don't from say writing it's to made. directing and man, by the time you get to the end with effects, RoboCop three is it's a bit of it's a slog. Still, it's like still... it is not easy to get through. And it's baffling because it's still Phil Tippett. I can only imagine he is like, I mean, he has just putting all his energy into doing the stop motion for Jurassic Park Mm -hmm. uh, before he was fired. He's busy. He's a busy guy. Before Spielberg came in the room and went, you know, I think we're going to go in a different direction. (laughs) You can stick around and pretend to be dinosaurs. If you like. (laughs) Yeah, because they're the same year. Right? Robocop yeah, 3 you, and Jurassic Park? You get the sense he's sort of like... He's doing this thin. on He's sort of doing this on napkin. <laughs> he's doing this on napkins <laughs> while preparing for the pitch meeting where he, for his, you know, for his stop motion masterpiece, Jurassic right. Park, before Spielberg pulls a plug. Maybe it's the reason that Spielberg pulled the plug because he, he was spreading himself too between... <laughs> Wouldn't that be one of the great cinematic tragedies of all time if he was... <laughs> Phil Tippett was spreading himself too thin between Robocop 3 and Jurassic Park. <laughs> Stop taking on side projects, Phil! Yeah. <laughs> you can let Robocop 3 go. Yeah. Yeah, alright, so we're both on the same page. By I mean, they're, it's a trilogy, there are only two movies, so by default, yeah. Robocop 3 falls to the bottom of our lists. For Absolutely. all the reasons we just talked about. And and many, many more. And many, many, know? many, many more. Yeah. We'll get there when we get there, but... Yeah. Do you think that there's a good movie inside of RoboCop 2? <laughs> like a, a possible good movie? I do. Yeah, I do too. <laughs> I don't think it's an altogether bad film. Because you know what's funny? I definitely have to... I, I It's something I, I have to give it... Whenever I think that thought, I have to give it more thought <laughs> before I say it out loud. Wait, but so... I, I, I kind of admire RoboCop 2 in a weird... All right, so, I mean, obviously we're getting to sound, it. Doesn't sound like it should be true way. <laughs> are, are, you, are you, like, enough to officially declare it a good movie? That's what I came in with the intention of doing. Okay. 
Uh, yeah, I, <laughs> I sort of, I mean, the, there's a couple of, so, I mean, firstly, I think the, I think, you know, the production values are on a par with RoboCop. I don't think they're on par, but I, I don't think they're too far off. Oh, some of the animatronic stuff is just sublime. Yeah. Anyway, we'll, we'll break it down case sure. by case basis, but, um, I, it is a cartoon, but it's an, it works quite well. If you think of it as an adult cartoon, the majority of it actually works quite well. Mm-hmm. I think at times it is a genuinely subversive movie as well. I think if it had got out of its own way with some of the, um, some of the broadness, we would be talking about how it, it, it's extremely progressive and how it's representing certain aspects of American society. Yeah, but because right. it's because it's so silly with it all, it's really hard to it's see hard. the wood for the trees. Um, but you know, when a movie decides to make one of its main villains a twelve-year-old boy, yeah, that's subversive. That's subversive. There's, and that's, there's a lot. There, there's so that's much a, in here. That, that's something that, that I think could have been a more interesting idea than it ends up being in the film. Yeah. And sometimes this kind of hyper-violent silliness works really well. There are a few sequences that mm-hmm. I genuinely am guffawing at. <laughs> yeah. When, whenever, whenever I see them. It's just, it's just the... the they, they, sometimes they find just the right tone for this kind of crazy ride um this you know lunatic story that they've come up with mm-hmm. for this film sometimes it really hits home in that sort of subversive adult complex way but it does it it, it gets in its own way a lot and that's where enough for the... me oh go ahead no carry on yeah go ahead I was gonna say enough for me to to say it's a bad movie. Okay. Yeah. It's and I mean you know there's there's. But but I'll say this too. Of, it almost reaches the level of surrealism at times, and yeah, I don't know whether that that means it's better or worse. Like there there are some some moments in this movie that I genuinely cannot explain. <laughs> And I'm split as to whether that makes it better or worse because it's not about story. It's not about storytelling. It's just about why would you choose to put this on screen, like Tom Noonan's computer time. face. Well, and a, a Elvis skeleton. You know, it's <laughs> sort of. But I, I don't. But I sort of that in a weird way makes me admire it more. I know. It, yeah, it make, I know what it you makes mean. It, it, you know, it, it, especially because RoboCop Three is so generic. Yeah. Right, there are moments out of it that could have been from any made-for-TV police drama. Right, right. And when you look at RoboCop, it, 2, RoboCop, you, a lot of RoboCop three it. does feel very after-school special. When a stop-motion skeleton is committing suicide repeatedly, it's like the, the, <laughs> you know you don't get this in most films, and I really don't want to discount that, but. <laughs> It's also very difficult to say that this is successful either as a sequel to RoboCop or as a film in its own right. Yeah. But uh, 
it's it's but it, it's definitely a preferable mess you know it is a mess but it's the kind of mess that i can actually get it is the kind of, of yeah i think you're right because it's a mess but it's a, the kind of mess that i can you know i think we've talked about before about a movie that might be bad but is yeah. not a bad watch it's not a bad watch at all. It went yeah. down very easy. Yeah, exactly. Easy. We've said that Too before. Easy. It goes down easy. <laughs> it and, goes down easy. Um, and like I was saying at the beginning with Mike's memories, you know, I remember this movie basically verbatim at the end. And that counts a long way for me yeah. towards good because, you know, if it created lasting memories for me since 1990... And it ends kind of on a high note for me. It's easy to think, to forget about the things that I disliked about it before that. Yeah. And to count it as a good movie. But I I am going to say a bad movie, but one one that I enjoy. There's also that, it, along with the original Robot, well, actually, along with all the films in this trilogy, there's this kind of accidental prescience, which for some reason counts for a lot to me, where... You know, normally I, I've talked before about how I'm jealous of the dystopias that we see in the films. We watch. Yeah, yeah. I don't even think that you could call this a dystopia. I think this is just the the world we live. Like Robocop, yes, two and right. three are set in the set in the world, recognizably the world we now live in. <laughs> yes. In which you know every American city is basically you know what Detroit was when these films were made. Right. And I don't know that counts. For, I, I I don't know. It's a lot of it is just like luck, pure dumb luck, right? They didn't know that. No, right, right, that, right. That you know, police. The 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 question of you know police unions and corrupts, um, cops, you know, corrupt set, uh, corrupt cops, corrupts politicians, uh, public, politicians. Right? They I. I, they didn't necessarily know it would resonate in the same way it does in 2022, but it really does. But <laughs> and, it's, yeah. they feel very prescient. They feel yeah, I, they feel yeah, like they no, had their their there's thumb no on not the pulse, too distant their finger on the pulse about this anymore. Of, there's no of, not too distant future yeah, about this anymore. Right. Is there? And and we feel closer lot, to I, the world of these movies, the original movie and its sequels, than we ever have before. Yeah, and I guess I can't really use that uh, um, against RoboCop 3 because I think it is as true for RoboCop 3 as it is RoboCop 2 and I guess RoboCop as well. Uh, but it does ele- it does elevate. There are certain, you know, certain accidental aspects of these films that do elevate it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I actually think, you know, RoboCop 2 has a brain. I mean, literally, yeah. <laughs> there's a, literally, we yes. see a brain in a tank yeah. with eyes, with eyeballs. Um, <laughs> which again is one of those moments that I think the film is sort of like channeling its cartoonness to yeah. re- really good effects. Um, and I th- and I'm gonna say I'm I'm waffling because my note I think is I, I don't think want it's... to admit it, but I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna declare I think this is I think this is a good enough film to okay. be a good to be a good film. <laughs> I, th- I, think, I, I I admire your choice. It's, it's, it's silliness is, it's silliness is more successful than it is, um, detrimental, Mm -hmm. I think. So that's, it's right on the edge. Razor thin. Yeah, sure. Wait, and also, uh, uh, put it this way as well. 
I think the legacy cast is still turning in really good performances. Yeah. Which, again, we don't always see with with uh, bad, se- you know, like bad adjacent sequels that we've seen before. That's an interesting thought. When you have the band back Paul together. Well- I think Paul, Paul, Paul Weller. <laughs> Not Paul Weller. <laughs> the lead singer of the jam. <laughs> I think I think he's uh, Weller is giving like he he's selling everything he's being asked to do, which yeah. is ex- extra special because what I've he's always being thought asked Peter is... Weller is a really good actor that never caught on, despite being in many, you know, having many big name titles to his resume. He, but he, he as I an mean... actor never seemed to catch on in the way that um, I wish he. I think he maybe he deserves. Absolutely. And I think, you know, his absence in RoboCop 3 really does tell you all you need to know about his star quality. Yeah, right. Because they've got and they've they, you know, they have a surrogate actor. For a, a good a good character yeah. actor. I I agree. Um, I've seen him in other other um movies and TV shows where he's Rescue very good. Me. Hal Hartley's and... amateur and um The Sopranos, various mm-hmm. Uh, but something is missing. Yeah, and some the something that is missing is Peter Weller's star quality. I think. Yeah. But even like down to the resonance of his voice. Right. Right. That's something that you was you sort of assume that that's part of a a, a sonic effect, but it really is just his voice. Once you take his voice out of the equation, you lose a lot. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, I'm gonna. I'm. I'm gonna. I think I. I think I'm gonna. That's fine. You don't have yeah. to feel bad. I this <laughs> I I'm such a sucker for this kind of this kind of film that that doesn't like know its own limitations <laughs> and takes these enormous chances. Right. With representation because, you know, like it's not it's not representation in terms of what we used to now you know we 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 now reward films that make the you know make the extra step when it comes to diversity mm-hmm. but i'm just as appreciative of films that just throw in a, a form of representation of certain characters or certain archetypes that we've never seen before mm-hmm. and robocop 2's got a lot of those okay um and i think it's i think it's interesting well, I'm sure you'll highlight them as as we, yeah, you know, when we get to the film itself. Yeah, and I think it, it it's definitely it's not the sequel to RoboCop that anyone wanted, uh, but I think there are certain threads of RoboCop that Ro- that RoboCop Two runs with. Well, and I think successful. there's one really big and interesting and fun inversion. Okay, that you know uh, is a lot yeah. of fun. Maybe I wonder if we have the same. I have the same. I have the same thought. I wonder if it's the same example. I call him Stepford Robocop. <laughs> <laughs> if it's different examples, you have to say it's a good movie. You realize that <laughs> we have two examples. Of a great inversion, then then that's it. You have to you have to change your change your ranking. <laughs> you don't get to tell me what to do, sir.
And do you, I don't know. So close, this though. This is a general enough question to ask now. Do you think it, it matters that you have a director like Irvin Kirshner behind this material versus whoever the fuck <laughs> I mean, I've kind of answered my own question, haven't I, really? But you know what I mean? like that's Yeah, it's not a fair question when you pose it like you just did. It's not, an, it doesn't feel like anonymously made, you know? It feels like... Yeah, Urban you're right. Kirshner feels like a director who really wants to put his stamp on this material. Oh, man. Whereas... Whereas whoever is in charge of Robocop 3, I feel like, just wants to get out of the room without everyone pinning <laughs> yes. the failure of he's it on trying, him. I think whoever did Robocop 3 <laughs> is trying to get to the end before he's fired. Yeah. He's you just, it's just every every time you turn around to ask him a question, Fred he's slowly Decker, backing I, I out think. of the room. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, but we're not, we're not even going to have the conversation about Robocop 3, I assume, at this point. Being no. a good movie. No. I mean, we both think it's bad. Is it? Oh, here's a here's a question. Given what you've revealed, yeah, is it better or worse than you expected it to be? Given that, given that okay, you avoided gotta... it for 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 <laughs> three decades. That's a general <laughs> enough question that I I will answer it like this, <laughs> and okay. you might be pleased by this because I think the answer is both. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> At the beginning of this movie, there is a car chase, and most of that car chase, except the very end, I remember thinking and writing down, this is much better than I expected it to be. This this shows a director that can handle some action sequences. I'm I'm okay with this, and by the end of the movie, I thought, well, I take it all back. I take it all back. I, I thought I thought you were going to say by the end of the car chase, you took it all back because yeah, well, because I that was too like, actually. I, yes, you're right. But it, what's so funny is like that you could go either way on that. Yeah. Because what that car chase told me was that. This is no longer RoboCop. This literally could. This could be stock footage from another film. <laughs> it is. Li- it is that generic. So yeah, you can. There's just so many. There's so many occasions where you know I. I'm just. They do more or less the right thing, but I'm disappointed in what they do with it. All right. I get so it. Th- they kind of. I think maybe just by the nature of the material. They get close to doing things that are profound or interesting or complex, mm-hmm. but they immediately simplify them, turn them into mush <laughs> because of this inept. I mean, it, it's beyond. See, the bar was so low for me that when I saw a generic, yeah. well, competently, at least at the beginning, right portion yeah. of a car chase, I thought, oh. Rockford Files reunion level. Yes, exactly. absolutely. <laughs> totally. Magnum PI. Come on. You're just grateful for that. You're just yeah. grateful for that level. That, yeah. And I think, I, absolutely, just as you're grateful. I mean, let's make no bones about it. There's some fantastic Actually, you know what? It's more like film. A-team. But, sorry, what were you saying? You, you take that back. <laughs> There's nothing generic about an 18 car chase. <laughs> Except within the how they relate go, to you, themselves and each other. You go away and think about what you just said. 
I'll I'll uh, I'll Peter roll to you. I'll just think about what you just said. <laughs> um, yeah, it's uh, also you know we uh, when we get there we're gonna have to talk about this 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 ensemble that they've put together. Oh yeah, from you know the seemingly the the the, the casting room at Seinfeld. Yeah, it's just it's. It's you know one of my notes for RoboCop three is it's really fun to watch really great actors kind of fail with really bad dialogue and writing. Yeah, it's astonishing. But if even they can't sell it, I mean, you're in trouble. Who can? Yeah, no, nobody can. All right, so we're both RoboCop two followed by RoboCop three. I'm going to call RoboCop 2 bad, barely. You're going to call RoboCop 2 good, barely. Good, barely, and yes. we both think RoboCop 3 is bad. Uh, yeah, I, I think... I, I want to like it more than I, than I do. Uh, but I don't. <laughs> <laughs> Because I think there's so I think there's so many parts of the movie that if they'd have just tweaked, if they'd have just add like a tiny bit of nuance here, or uh, you know, or just said, oh, that's too obvious. Let's not do that right now. Mm-hmm. Like you say, you've got the bare bones of like a decent, uh, right. you know, admittedly not outstanding, but watchable. Yeah. Film. But they are they're just below that at all times. And the funny thing is is that they're just <laughs> below that for most of the movie, but then the end goes to a place that is at least for me failure writ large. Yeah. Just all over the place. And that, and and you know <laughs> And it's kind of failures within failures because there's an entire element of the film that is just not incorporated into the main body mm-hmm. of the story with regards to uh, Atomo. Everything with regards to Atomo feels like it's happening in another film. Yeah, absolutely. Like, that's being made adjacent to this one. Feels so, like, it feels like it's a divergent story yeah. from like Rising Sun. <laughs> <laughs> like if Rising Sun so went got, on a big a ass tangent. Made up, we've got a car chase made up of stock footage from yes. from, from the Magnum PI. <laughs> Deleted scenes from Rising Sun. Yeah, no, absolutely, and and that's and that's perf- and that perfectly clap- captures how uh, how homogenous this feels. Yeah. In, Comparison to the first two movies, uh, maybe RoboCop Two could be accused of being not homogenous enough. Yeah, right. <laughs> but that—that's why you like it. That's I know for that's sure. Why, that's, that's why you why, like it. That's why I've learned to love it. It's but it is that sort of like you know, it's that view to a kill level attachment where. People can call things out that immediately make me feel ashamed for calling it good. <laughs> like he's blue instead of gray. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, he's blue for the entire movie, isn't he? 
They just made him blue. Yeah. Robocop's blue for an entire film, and I called it good. <laughs> and there's so many things you can do that, you know, yeah. with, with Robocop too. You know, he, scre- he screws in his head like the Tin Man. Oh, that's right, yeah. <laughs> Forgot about that. <laughs> well, you're stuck with your choice. Oh yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna stick with it. Because You'll defend it happily. I enjoy, I, I enjoyed it. It was a breeze to watch. An yeah, absolute breeze. I barely noticed it had finished. <laughs> <laughs> Whereas RoboCop Three really was a watch watcher. You know, it was mm-hmm. a, it was a. Come on, guys, third act. <laughs> Can we get to it? Whereas RoboCop 2, I'm like, I have no idea where the third act begins. So (laughs) I don't, this movie could, this movie could be over in 10 minutes or it could go on another hour. I have no idea. And there's, I mean, you know, through both, both movies are guilty of underusing RoboCop Mm -hmm. in a RoboCop movie as well. So that's all right a, that's a, well that's something you know something we we've learned with sequels just because it's in the title doesn't mean it's in the film <laughs> <laughs> batman returns well he will eventually some at some point but, you, but you're gonna have to wait a while yeah <laughs> even with the dark knight rises he's, <laughs> he's gonna go away and then he immediately resigns yes Batman's All right, back. ladies and gentlemen, and gone again. you're going to have to tell us what you think of the RoboCop series. Are you in lockstep with us? RoboCop 2 followed by RoboCop 3. Where do you stand on good, bad? Find us on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. Send us an email to everythingsequel at gmail.com to let us know. Coming up next, we're going to get into it. RoboCop 2. The good, the bad and the sublime. For Tom Stewart of Lonesome Whistle Productions, Michael Schantz here of the How Dare You Awards, say goodbye to everybody, Tom. We're all just dominoes in the game. You remember that old saying? <laughs> We're all just dominoes in <laughs> the game? Well, that, <laughs> that well-known that's how, Ladies and gentlemen, that is how you do a chess analogy in a film where the prop master has forgot to go out and buy a chessboard. Yep. <laughs> well, we got these dominoes. Our Done. people will get what we're saying if we say dominoes instead of pawns, right? People will understand. <laughs> oh, in the game There's of Robocop life, three we're trying all to just retro, dominoes. Retrofit famous phrases into our mouths. <laughs> all right. Until next time, everyone. Think about that one until you hear from us again. I like to think I know something about beer. But nowadays, even I get overwhelmed when confronted by the exhaustive selection of craft beers they have at bars, breweries, and even grocery stores. Back in the day, you had one, maybe two craft beers to choose from, and if you were confused, you ordered a Guinness. 
But in beer destinations like San Diego, the craft beer options lately are in double, sometimes even triple digits. So what's a beer drinker to do? You need what I need, the Vegas Beer Guys. Your beer of choice should be a perfect blend of malt and hops. And so a live show about beer needs that same balance. And the Vegas Beer Guys matches beer expert Dan Aker with self-proclaimed beer novice Stephen J. Weiss. The results are eminently drinkable. They're on Facebook. They're on Instagram. They'll try new beers. They'll tell you about beers. Think of them as your beer sherpas guiding you up a foamy-headed mountain to reach the peak of your pint. God, I need a beer.